Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Football Fanatic podcast. And it has been one hell of a week because the Champions League is finally back. And you don't know how good that feels to say. The 2021 to 2022 campaign is up and running. And we've just seen an incredible string of results in game week one from Group A to Group H. And not only have we seen some fantastic team performances, but we have seen individual brilliance at its finest. Sebastian Haller getting four goals in one game. Champions League debut like no other. I mean, no one has ever done that before. Four goals in a Champions League match is simply unheard of, let alone the fact that it was his debut. But let me just tell you now, that is not even the craziest thing that has happened in the past game week, which just shows how much of a spectacle the Champions League truly is. Now, as we know, the Champions League is a very hot topic amongst us football fans, which has raised a lot of talking points, sending shockwaves around the football world. For me, the true reason we love the Champions League is because of its authenticity. You never know what to expect in a tournament that is definitely the most prestigious tournament in club football. New seasons mean new players, mean new coaches, mean new tactics, which means an entire different dynamic to each team every season, which just makes it almost impossible to predict or to repel that feeling of expecting the unexpected. Because as we know, anything can happen in the Champions League, which is why we love it so much. We've seen it so many times in incredible comebacks that were near impossible. Lucas Moura against Ajax, Liverpool against FC Barcelona. I mean, there's so many more I can name right now. But on the topic of predictions, this episode, we are going to be doing our best predict each group stage is two teams that I believe will advance into the round of 16, the team I believe will drop into the Europa League, and the team that I believe will exit Europe as a whole from Group A to Group H. Not only are we going to predict the group stages, however, we're also going to be predicting the Golden Boot, the Breakout Stars, and the Shock group stage scenarios. With how magical the Champions League is, it is practically impossible to say who will win the Champions League. However, we are going to also be doing our best to predict the teams with the best chance of making it to that final in St. Petersburg and who I believe will get their desirable hands on that Champions League trophy. With all the hype surrounding this Champions League, I can't wait to get into this. So let's see what this year's Champions League has to offer. We kick things off with Group A, and when I say we are starting off with a bang, I mean we are starting off with an absolute banger because Group A is this year's group of death. You have the likes of PSG, the UCL finalists, of course, two years ago against Bayern Munich, uh, Manchester City, a team who actually lost the UCL final last year, RB Leipzig, a top four team in the Bundesliga, and Club Rouge, Belgian champions. Now, obviously, the main talking point, we have PSG against Manchester City, a fixture more likely known as El Plastico, two clubs with an incredible financial arsenal playing against each other in what is set to be a furious fixture. It'll be a UCL Classic, you have a trio of Messi, Neymar and Kylian Mbappe facing off a strong defence with Ruben Diaz, with Amerik Laporte, a goalkeeper with class like Ederson, midfield you have Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, so many great players in that Manchester City squad facing against a star-studded PSG side. For me, player for player, PSG are levels above anyone in world football right now. 
They had the best transfer window, not just this year, but for me in football history. I mean, signing Ashraf Hakimi for only 60 million, Messi and Ramos, two of the greatest players ever in their position for free. Gina Wijnaldum, a very consistent midfielder on the free as well, and also a very promising left back, Nuno Mendes. Now, when we're talking about who is going to finish where in the rankings of this group stage, I don't think PSG will have it as easy as they think they are going to have it. This is obviously being recorded after their 1-1 draw with Club Bruges. And for me, they just looked very poor. The attacking flair isn't there. The chemistry really isn't there between the midfield and the attack. And although you may sign the best players in the world, the best players of all time, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to bring you success. And we've seen that several times with the likes of Real Madrid when they had that Galactico period. They had R9, Beckham, Zidane, Figo, Roberto Carlos, and so many more world-class players. But they didn't even win a Champions League together. So for me, I don't think naturally this will bring success for PSG. But if they use this team to their full potential, they can dominate Europe, not just this year, but for many, many years to come. Now, where do I think they'll finish in the table? I would put PSG first still. However, I don't think they will go too far ahead of Manchester City when we talk about the point rankings. Third for me has to be RB Leipzig and fourth, as many people would have probably said, Club Bruges. So the group of death for me is going to be dominated by PSG. So we can only give the player of the group to a player from that side. And it's going to be none other than Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is already a player who has won this competition, I believe, three times. And I don't think it'll be any different. I think he will still be suited to this PSG side. He hasn't scored in his first four games for the club. He hasn't started off too well, especially in a much weaker league to La Liga. But we'll just have to see how Lionel Messi and when Lionel Messi fixes up and plays to his full potential. Top score for me is not Lionel Messi. It's actually going to be Kylian Mbappe. Although Messi is player of the tournament, it doesn't necessarily mean he will dominate the goals. Mbappe is generational. Mbappe is going to be a legend of football. Already the man has won a World Cup. He's already a UCL finalist. He's already won Golden Boots. He is a phenomenon. We won't see a player like this, this young, take football by storm like this ever again. Potentially ever again because we've seen what Erling Haaland has done. But regardless, Mbappe's play style is different to any other football player on the planet. So he will be top scorer for me. The highlight of the group is, of course, El Plastico, PSG versus Manchester City. Now let's move on to Group B. And we started off very strong. I mean, Group B for me will be the second group of death in this entire Champions League bracket. You have the likes of Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan and FC Porto. What people haven't really picked up on is the history between these sides, especially with Liverpool. Liverpool have played against Atletico Madrid, I believe, in 2019 which they actually lost uh, to them to go out of the Champions League. They also lost to uh, AC Milan in that 2007 Champions League final uh, post the Istanbul Miracle in 2005. And they also have been dominating, dominating Porto in recent history. Porto are going to hate playing against Liverpool again. Liverpool have already started off strong. They are top of the group after beating AC Milan uh, 3-2 in a cracking game. AC Milan, obviously very unlucky towards the end. They could have scored a few goals, but the defense of Liverpool was too strong for that. FC Porto, Atletico Madrid actually drew nil-nil, which was very unfortunate for Porto because they did dominate that game. So based off recent performances, it isn't looking good for Atletico Madrid, but it's looking very promising for AC Milan. So 
where would I rank these teams? I'll put Liverpool first. I'll still put Atletico second, but I wouldn't be surprised if AC Milan took that spot from them. Going to the Europa League for me, again, either Atleti or AC Milan. And last place, as many people would have probably predicted, is FC Porto. Again, this group is very tough, so there could easily be an entire upside-down effect on my predictions. But in the end, for me, Liverpool, with the likes of Mohamed Salah, who I'm going to get into in a second, are just unstoppable. Now, for me, player of the group stage will be Mohamed Salah. He has already scored a goal against AC Milan. He looked very threatening. He did miss a penalty, but he's missed a penalty for the first time in five years. A penalty record is incredible. And regardless of penalties, I mean, this man scores goals and goals and goals and creates so many chances for that Liverpool front three. He's a brilliant player. But now I'm also going to move on to the top scorer, which is actually, again, Mohamed Salah. He's an amazing finisher and he's actually scored the most goals in the Premier League since he has arrived, even ahead of Harry Kane, even ahead the likes of Lukaku, Cristiano Ronaldo, even ahead the likes of Jamie Vardy. Salah, for me, is a player who's completely changed the winger position. He's more of an inside forward now, and we haven't seen much of that, such a goal-scoring winger since the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo back in his winger days. So for me, Salah is the player of the tournament, uh, sorry, player of the group, this group stage and the top scorer of this group stage. But the highlight of this group is also Liverpool related, but he does play for Atletico Madrid, and that is Suarez's homecoming. Suarez is finally returning to Anfield, and it's going to be quite emotional for him and the fans. I'm saying that like he hasn't already returned in a very dramatic upset. There wasn't any love to be given to him there, of course, because they were more focused on that incredible comeback, the 4-0 win over FC Barcelona in an amazing Anfield magical comeback. But for me, I don't know if Luis Suarez will be able to lead Atletico Madrid to cause an upset, especially in front of the Anfield crowd. Now we move on to Group C, and this group has gone under the radar. It is a very tight group, but also it's incredible for the away days because the stadiums, the fans involved, are just football crazy. You have the likes of Besiktas, Ajax and Sporting who are already renowned for their fan support. And of course, Borussia Dortmund, the yellow wall. We already know how crazy the fans of Dortmund and Besiktas to be specific can be. But just imagine when Dortmund play Besiktas away or when Besiktas play against Ajax away or any of those vice versa. It's just going to be a crazy atmosphere and it'll be interesting to see how the young players deal with that sort of pressure. We've already seen Dortmund beat Besiktas. I believe it was a 2-1 or 3-1 and Erling Haaland did score in that as well as Jude Bellingham. The young players already taking the Champions League by storm and we're probably going to see plenty more of that in this group. For me, this group is all about Haaland. I think he's going to score an insane amount of goals. Hence why for me, he is the Champions League top goal scorer for the entire tournament. No messing about back-to-back like Cristiano Ronaldo. Erling Haaland is a goal-scoring machine. Now, the player of the group for me is going to be Jude Bellingham. This man is incredible. He's generational for how young he is. I think he's 18 years old and the chances he's creating, the maturity he's showing, the dribbling, the physique, the man has it all to become the next Steven Gerrard. He's a brilliant player and I just see Jude Bellingham going very far. I think he'll go to the peak of football and not only in club level but in international level as well we've already seen how brilliant the English young side is in the Euros when they lost in the Euro final but for me I think he'll probably win a World Cup or two because he's already so young and already playing at the top level 
of football royalty. Now, where do I see this group standing? I'm going for Dortmund first, Sporting to follow up, Ajax going to the Europa League and Besiktas going last. I know Ajax beat Sporting 4-1, but for me, I just see it as such an off day for Sporting. I believe they do much more than that. And there's no bias in that. I'm not Portuguese. I'm not a Sporting fan. But for me, Sporting are way better than that. They have a great defense. Sebastian Coates is so experienced. Their attack is brilliant. They have everything they need to get out of this group. But Ajax already, as we know, asserted a level of dominance on this group stage. They really made a statement. And Sebastian Allaire has really shown the world that even if it's his Champions League debut, he does not crack under pressure. Four goals on your Champions League debut. Four goals alone in the Champions League is already remarkable. But in the end, we're going to have to see how far this Ajax team can go. Of course, they've lost a lot of young stars, a lot of young talent. And understandably, because when you have that maturity to display your skills at the elite level of club football in the Champions League, it just shows how good this Ajax Academy is. Ajax are obviously world-renowned for their young talent. We've seen it over the years. They've brought up so many legends, even the likes of Luis Suarez, so many incredible number nines to be specific. I mean, we're just going to have to see how far this Ajax team can go. I don't think they will get that far. Of course, their team has degraded a lot since that team that got knocked out, uh, unfortunately, to that Lucas Moura hat-trick. It would have been quite the story if they made it to the Champions League final or even if they won it. But I'm sure Ajax are, of course, going to be a part of Champions League history for a very long time. and They'll qualify again and again. But anyway, let's move on to Group D. Now, what has happened to this group is absolutely crazy. And I don't think anyone has picked up on this. But Real Madrid, Inter Milan and Shakhtar are back in the same group yet again. It is literally deja vu. We have Real Madrid. Inter, Shakhtar and what could have been Borussia Mönchengladbach had they qualified for the Champions League this year but are now replaced by Champions League debutants that are the Moldovian side Sheriff FC. Many times in their club's history they have attempted to qualify for the Champions League. They have finally made it into the most prestigious tournament in club football. Now what I also want to say is how good they were in their first ever game. They played against Shakhtar Donetsk and they won, I think, with a margin of 3-1 or 3-0. I'm not too sure. But they were brilliant. They were fantastic. Their defense was solid and their attack was incredibly creative. A young player that they have playing up front, quite coincidentally, goes by the name of Adama Traore, who was assisted twice by a player who goes by the name of Cristiano. So a little bit weird there, but regardless, they played a fantastic game and I don't think they'll be able to beat Real Madrid or Inter Milan but I do expect them to get a couple of points in the table and potentially make it to that Europa League. I do think they have made it to Europa League before but have never actually made it to the round of 16 so we'll have to see what's in store for this new club but now I want to talk about the standings of Group D and for me Real Madrid are topping this group easily. They did beat Inter Milan 1-0 in a very boring defensive game but I don't think they will have many more games like that. Real Madrid are improving every day. They recently beat Valencia 2-1 in a shock comeback led by the youngster that is Vinicius Jr. He's been fantastic all season and now they are playing in the Champions League where he's already made an impact. Last game he played brilliantly. He made a few dribbles. He was part of that winning goal that Rodrigo scored. Real Madrid's young talent is at an all-time high. Camavinga we've seen already 
goal and assist in his first two games, not even played 90 minutes for the club, coming on as a substitute. And of course, Vinicius Jr. setting the league alight. Federico Valverde has been so solid for so many years now. He's a brilliant midfield option for the future of Real Madrid. He signed a new contract going up to 2027. So that's brilliant news for Real Madrid. And they also have a lot of young stars in the making with the likes of Renier Jesus who's on loan, Raheem Diaz who's on loan, Lunin who's on loan. They have Eder Militao starting now. So the future looks bright for Real Madrid. So that's why I'm putting them first. Inter Milan at second. I'm actually going to put Sheriff at third and Shakhtar Donetsk going out at fourth. Player of the group for me will be Vinicius Jr. Top scorer for me will be Karim Benzema. Now, moving on, we go to a team that uh, Real Madrid are not too fond of. Real Madrid's rivals, FC Barcelona, in a group with another old foe, FC Bayern Munich. Now, we already know the score between Bayern and FC Barcelona. Uh, Bayern destroyed them 3-0. Goals from uh, Thomas Muller and Lewandowski at the double, one of the best strikers in the world, proving a big game player again. And uh, I don't really see how it gets any better for Barcelona. They, of course, lost their main man, Lionel Messi, lost Antoine Griezmann. Their attack is just so, it's not, it isn't functional. It's not functional or sustainable for a team who wants to move forward. You cannot sign these old players like Sergio Aguero, who is not even playing right now because he's injured. Luke de Jong, who is very old and not Barcelona quality. Their main men in the attack. Is a Martin Braithwaite who isn't good enough for Champions League level and Alaves reject. You have Usman Dembele injury prone, Coutinho injury prone, sitting on the bench, stealing money from the club metaphorically, but not even playing. And there's rumors he's getting the number 10 shirt. The management at Barca isn't good enough. They need to fix things, they need to change it up. But regardless, they've always been a, a corrupt club. Bayern Munich, on the other hand, are simply fantastic with their management. They actually rejected the proposal of that Super League, which was quite a while ago. I remember that memory like as if it was yesterday. It was a horrible day for football. But anyway, for me, the standings will be Bayern on top, FC Barcelona, um, SL Benfica and Dynamo Kiev I haven't actually mentioned yet. But for me, I'm not too sure about Dynamo Kiev really doing anything for um, this group. And I think SL Benfica will be third after having quite a strong season with the likes of Rafa, with the likes of Grimaldo, with the likes of Vertonghen. They have some class players at Champions League level. Now, who do I think will be the player of the group? There is no doubt in my mind that it will be Robert Lewandowski, and he will also be the top scorer. We've already seen him make a strong start in his Champions League 21-22 debut, and he's done it again. Two goals against FC Barcelona. We'll have to see how he continues, but Lewandowski is definitely at the peak of his career. Now, moving on, we go to the UEFA Cristiano League. Manchester United's main man, he is back in the Champions League after some horrible spells with Juventus and some very short runs and very underwhelming runs. He almost made it to the Champions League semi-final, but a surprise uh, knockout to FC Porto really just shocked the entire world. He tried his best. Juventus right now is struggling, but we'll get into them in a second when we visit Group H. But for Group F, this is Ronaldo's mission. This is the Ronaldo show, but it won't be easy. He has to play against a team that actually beat Manchester United in the Europa, League's, uh, Europa League final. He has obviously scored so many goals against Villarreal in La Liga with Real Madrid. His last goal for Real Madrid actually came against Villarreal as well. So a bit of a fact there. But uh, anyway, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to have a field day 
against uh, Villarreal. And I think he's going to dominate Atalanta and Young Boys in the return leg. He's already started off with the goal in his Champions League debut back with, Real, back with Manchester United. And I don't know how you can stop this man. He is inevitable. He will probably finish as the top scorer of the Champions League if Erling Haaland gets injured. But him, Haaland, Kylian Mbappe, Robert Lewandowski, those four players, and Romelu Lukaku even, because his group is pretty simple. We'll get into them in a second. But those five players are going to score so many goals and go to war for that Champions League golden boot. Anyway, back to Ronaldo. He's already scored against young boys. He's going to play Atalanta, who he has terrorized in uh, the Serie A with Juventus. He also plays Villarreal, as we already said. He's dominated them before. But less about Ronaldo, more about United and more about the standings. Man United on top for me. Villarreal at second. Young boys at third and Atalanta at fourth. Yes, I know. Shocking. But I don't actually think Atalanta have what it takes in European competitions. If you look at their previous stints, in the competition, they actually went pretty far in the COVID season, in the COVID um, Champions League, as I like to call it. But in the end, I don't think they have what it takes to beat Young Boys away. Young Boys look like a very solid team, especially in the defense. Villarreal actually beat Atalanta. And yeah, I mean, it could go the other way. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Atalanta finish second or third. But for me, that's just simply how I see it. As Atalanta fourth, Young Boys third, Villarreal second, and of course Man United first. Player of the group and the top scorer, as we've already discussed, we've already gave him quite the preview. Cristiano Ronaldo, this is his season. We move on to the penultimate group, and it is Group G. This group is the snorefest of a group. I mean, we've already seen two group of deaths, and when you have an amount of these tight, compact, stronger groups, it leaves a lot of room for these weaker, more boring groups. However, this group might not be so boring after all. I mean, we have four teams here, Sevilla, Salzburg, Wolfsburg and Lille. These four teams all play very attacking football, which is very encouraging to see. They're also very strong in their domestic leagues. I mean, as we know, Sevilla finishing the top four of La Liga frequently. Salzburg winning the league again and again. Wolfsburg finished second in the Bundesliga. And Lille retaining the, P uh, sorry, uh, winning the league on over a PSG side. Lille haven't started off well in the league, however. I mean, it's looking promising. This group is looking promising. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. And for me, I can't really make a prediction because we have four very balanced, very similar teams. However, either way, I'm still going to stick with my gut and I'm going to put Sevilla first, Salzburg second, Wolfsburg to the Europa League and Lille last. Yes, that's right. I'm putting the champions of France in the last slot, meaning they're exiting Europe as a whole. I'm not a fan of them this season. I feel like they've had a massive uh, downfall especially in the French League, but we'll just have to see how this unfolds. Player of the group for me is Koundé. He's a very dominant, strong French centre-back, very good on the ball as well. Was linked to Chelsea for 70 million. However, that deal fell through. Top scorer for me, Yusuf Nezri. Although he's got a red card, I still think he will score more than enough goals to make up for the missing 90 minutes. And last, but certainly not least, Group H. And this is all about Chelsea retaining the title. Chelsea, Zenit, Juventus and Malmo FF. I mean, four teams who are very strong in their domestic leagues. Juventus recently falling off. Juventus actually didn't win the league last season and just made it into the um into the Champions League. Zenit obviously having the rivalry in the Russian league with CSK Moscow. Uh, I believe Moscow won it last year. And you also have Malmo who are 
who are favorites of the Swedish league. They win it every single time, but that's not the point. The point is that you have a strong Chelsea side who won the Champions League and are still under that winning mentality. We've seen them bring in Lukaku and Saul, two game changers of players, just proving how much Chelsea are eager to win every title there is. And I feel that's a that's a compliment of what Thomas Tuchel has established in the dressing room. And that is why I'm putting them at first place in this group. Now, second place, I can go for Juventus and I can go for Zenit. This is quite a shock, but I'm definitely going for Zenit. Juventus have dropped off horribly. They've recently drawn with AC Milan. They've lost to Udinese. They have not got a single win in the Serie A this season. To think that this team won the Serie A eight times in a row. Juventus are at an all-time low, and I think they will just keep going down in that downward spiral. Even though they have beaten Malmo, it isn't that much to credit them for, because Malmo is a very weak team, especially in these European competitions. They don't qualify often, they usually go out in the playoffs, but I still think Juventus will make it to the Europa League. Will they win it? I don't even think they'll win that. I mean, there are still some top quality, Champions League quality uh, contenders in that Europa League. But we have finally made it. We have finally completed every single group in the UEFA Champions League 21 to 22. But we're not done yet. It's time to go through my hot takes on this season's Champions League, my breakout star, my Champions League top goal scorer, as well as my Champions League winner. So let's get right into it. Starting off with who I believe will be knocked out quite early and quite shockingly in the Champions League. As I said, in Group H. For me, there is no other team right now than Juventus who deserve to be knocked out of a European competition based off how they're doing in their domestic league. They have not won a single game in the Serie A despite having so many easy fixtures. It's just sad to see what's going on with them and I don't see them beating the likes of Zenit or Chelsea. Chelsea will demolish them and they'll probably have a tight game against Zenit but I do think Zenit will have the edge over them. So we're just going to have to see how Juventus play. For me, they are a very underwhelming side with a lack of quality in many positions, especially in that striker position. Although Alvaro Morata is still scoring goals, he misses far too many chances for a team who wants to compete for the later rounds of the Champions League. Moving to a shock performance on the negative side, we're going to be moving to a shock performance on the positive side. And we're going to be predicting which team will overachieve for their standards in the Champions League this season. Now, for me, it's between three teams. Sevilla, Sheriff and Zenit. They all have pretty easy groups where they can creep into that second place or first place position. Sheriff and uh, Zenit more likely to finish in the second place because of course they have those big names with Real Madrid and Chelsea in the same group. Do I think Sheriff could beat Inter Milan? Potentially. I think they could get a few points off them and with Inter Milan losing to Real Madrid, maybe they will be a bit depleted in terms of their morale. So We'll just have to see, but I don't think that Sheriff have what it takes to uh, make it uh, through the later round, so I'd probably eliminate them from the equation. Now, the two other teams, Zenit as well as uh, Sevilla. Sevilla have made it to the later rounds before. They've actually made it to the quarterfinals and the semifinals before in their history. I think even the final ones back in uh, 1982, I'm not too sure, but a very long time ago they did. What I want to say is that they have a very solid team, a very young explosive counter-attacking team that is very underrated across Europe. They have always, always been an underrated side. I think they're going to go far in the Champions League this season. I think they have the edge over Sheriff or over Zenit to perform over their expectations. So 
we'll, just, we'll just have to see. I mean, they could draw a pretty simple team, as we've seen. There are still some weaker groups, such as the group consisting of Dortmund, Sporting Lisbon, Ajax, as well as, I believe it was, I can't remember who it was. Oh yeah, Besiktas. When you get the runner-up, because it's pretty certain Dortmund uh, will finish first, I think that the runner-up of that is going to be a good game for Sevilla to at least have a chance of going through to the quarterfinal. So it's all based on luck, to be honest. We'll have to see how Sevilla perform in the Champions League this season. But for me, they are my pick to overachieve in the Champions League. This time we move on to some individual accolades and we are going to be predicting the breakout star of this season's Champions League. A lot of players have already made their mark on this season. And if we're going to be talking about the first game week, I'd obviously give it to Sebastian Haller. But uh, talking about the long run, a young player playing at a big team for me is Jude Bellingham. I could also give it to Kamavinga, Vinicius Jr., Pedri, so many players. But for me, when you look at the ratio for player quality and also the club quality, it has to be Jude Bellingham. He's such a mature, solid midfielder, very young already got a goal and an assist in the Champions League this season. I think he's going to go to the peak of football. He's already an elite player. He's probably going to win so many World Cups in that young English setup. He's probably going to win so many Champions Leagues when he moves away from Borussia Dortmund, or maybe he can somehow bring Dortmund the Champions League that they've desired for so many years in this season. It will be a massive shock to see Dortmund go to the final, but anything is possible in football, as we know. So for me, the breakout star this season will be Jude Bellingham. And that leads me on to choose the golden boot winner of the Champions League. There are so many options, as I've said. Five players for me, which I think are in a very serious contention spot for this award. I'll probably say Mbappe, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Haaland, Lukaku, just to name a few. But Haaland's group is far too easy for him to not get a couple of goals in the group stage. The group stage for him is probably going to be where he makes his mark as one of the best players in the world and maybe makes his mark into the top three of the Ballon d'Or. Who knows? Maybe this is Haaland's year when he wins the Ballon d'Or. If you really take a step back and look at it from a football point of view, it just blows my mind the player this young is that good already. Last time we've seen this was Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and that is why they are probably going to be taking this Ronaldo-Messi rivalry to the next level. In the future, when they hit their primes, imagine how good they are now, but imagine how good they will be in a few years. So, honestly, them two are probably the main contenders for this Champions League golden boot. I'd probably say Haaland is the main one because of how much easier his group is compared to Mbappe, which is the group of death. Now, it's time to predict the Champions League winner. I can't predict it based off who's going through from the group stage because... Obviously, the draws for the round of 16, the quarterfinal and the semis are all random based off a UEFA uh, draw. But for me, I'm going to be picking the four teams I believe have the best chance to win the trophy and then picking two teams out of that into the final and then obviously picking an eventual winner. So the four teams for me, the main competitors for me, based off thinking that they're all going to go through from the round 16 because who knows, they can all play against each other. But I'm going to be putting... Four teams into the semi-final bracket. I'm going to say Chelsea, Manchester City, Liverpool, and Real Madrid. Hear me out. I know I've left out PSG, but we've seen them against Club Rouge, and I can't base them off of one game, obviously, but you can't buy trophies. I don't believe in this team. I don't believe in this project. Maybe it's biased because I don't like it when teams restructure around 
money and not of, of history and not of growing the players from the academy. But in the end, I don't believe in this PSG squad. I think that Messi is being misused. I think Neymar, Mbappe and Messi are finding it hard to combine. The chemistry isn't there. The midfield isn't translating into the attack. It doesn't seem like they all know how to play together, which will come with time, which will come with experience. Obviously, it's still very early into the season. I could be dramatically wrong. But the reason I've put Real Madrid is just by the spirit of the squad. You see how good they are right now. And they just, the young talent that they have, Camavinga, Vinicius, Valverde, Eder Militao, all these players, they are dropping incredible performances week in, week out. So honestly, I just believe the attacking flair, the tactics of Ancelotti, the return of Benzema. Man, Benzema is one of the best strikers in the world right now. I'd even go as far to say he is the best striker in the world. I know Lewandowski is obviously scoring a stupid amount of goals, but Benzema does it in La Liga, Lewa does it in the Bundesliga. And to say that Lewa has to prove it in another league is pretty stupid because he has proved it against Premier League teams in the Champions League. But in the end, I still think that Benzema just provides a lot more in the attack, dribbling, playmaking, uh, everything Benzema can do. He's more versatile. I just love Benzema. I'm a big fan of him. Maybe there's a bit of bias there. But in the end, I think Real Madrid are gonna be are gonna go far. I think they'll go to at least the semi final. They obviously went there last season, and with many players stepping up, who's to say that they can't build off from that last season, going to the semi final, and go to the extent of making it to the final, or even go as far as winning the entire thing. So we'll have to see what Real Madrid can do. As for the other three, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Liverpool based off their bad season last year. But let's not forget the incredible squad they have from attack to defense. Salah, Mane, uh, Thiago, Trent, Van Dijk. I mean, there's so many world-class players, so many more that I can name, but I'd be here for hours. Anyway, that's going to be my Champions League roundup and my Champions League prediction for the 21-22 season. Please feel free to check out my YouTube video on this with more in-depth analysis of each group and more in-depth analysis on who I think we should be watching out for in the Champions League. But for now, I've been the Football Fanatic. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to be the first to know what I'm putting out on my YouTube and on my Spotify, make sure you follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at the Football Fanatic. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode of the Football Fanatic podcast. Take care and I'll see you in the next one.